This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief Sierra 117, with a shout out to the Xbox Expansion Pass. Keep your heads up during this time of isolation. Stay positive. Play some games. Most importantly, finish the fight. Thanks for listening to XEP. Master Chief, out. Welcome one, welcome all to episode 109 of the Xbox Expansion Pass, recorded on Wednesday, November 24th, 2021. I am your host, Luke Lore, the Insipid Ghost. In this episode, we'll reflect on a bevy of good-feeling announcements for Xbox this past week, with xCloud, Forza, and Halo leading the charge. Sega has clarified its deal with Microsoft regarding exclusivity, and Activision lawsuits continue with Poppy... Bobby Kotick's antics continuing to disappoint. Enjoy. Yet another week of gaming is upon us and behind us. Welcome to XEP, discussing all things in the Gamerverse as they pertain to the Xbox ecosystem. And as I am wont to do each and every week, I like to start the show by offering words of kindness to those who have made my gaming week better. And this week, two recipients to the words of kindness have brightened my gaming week. And those recipients are Derek Jennings, who is a former off-the-bench listener. Now, if you have been following my my old Twitter page for the 10-plus years or so that I've had Twitter, I used to host a soccer podcast. I was a uh, low-level journalist in the MLS and North American soccer space, and I hosted a 100-plus episode soccer show called Off the Bench, in which I interviewed players and coaches and general managers, etc. It was really fun. And Derek has apparently rediscovered uh, me by accident, I guess, uh, in finding the Xbox expansion pass and that he's also an Xbox fan. So that was kind of a cool moment for me to find that he asked me if I was the same Luke that used to host that show. And then kind of things came full circle. That absolutely brightened my week, Derek. I hope you know how much that meant to me. So thank you for reaching out and asking. uh, And I'm really glad you found XEP, man. That's awesome. The second recipient to Words of Kindness goes to Keith L. from Toronto, who is one of the few people who uh, interacts with with XEP, not via Twitter or social media, but via email. And you guys can always email me, insipidghost at gmail.com. Keith's always sending me stories about his gaming experiences, questions, things like that. Keith, it's always a pleasure to open up my email and see something that's not a PR spiel uh, or, or a press release or something like that. And so to get a personal message from you um, from time to time is always a boost. And so I appreciate you greatly. Uh, Guys and gals, thanks for listening to XEP this week. Of course, it is coming in midweek, which is a bit odd. We'll be back on regular schedule next week. So I don't know how well this episode will do number wise. But I wanted to have an episode for you, whether you're celebrating the Thanksgiving break uh, here in America, you have a few days off or you're plugging away at work somewhere around the world. Uh, I needed a break. My birthday was on Sunday and it was nice to celebrate it, but I was also a bit under the weather fighting a low grade fever. And you can probably hear it in my voice, still a little stuffy now. We wrapped up uh, time with the students. I didn't want to run myself dry and then have to miss work. So I just took a few days away from XEP, enjoyed some Forza, enjoyed some Halo, uh, and just relaxed a little bit. And that seems to be needed. I think I need a bit more of it as well. But with so much going on in the gaming space, I had to, I just had to jump on the mic and share my thoughts uh, with anybody willing to listen at this point. 
I've reached out to a bunch of developers, 15 plus uh, emails sent for interview requests. We'll see if any of them uh, bring back something, but a lot of the gaming media is either gaming uh, like development side of things. They're either uh, hunkering down to get projects launched or they're kind of in holiday mode and, and avoiding press at the moment. And that is absolutely fine. One has to understand that. Uh, that said, I do have a really fun guest for you guys that is a journalist to be coming on the next episode. Uh, you can look at kind of the direction I've been going as far as talking to different people, uh, working on the ethics and of leaks and rumors and how that uh, comes to pass in the gaming space. And you can kind of make a prediction for who is going to be joining me. I don't want to say just yet, just in case some scheduling stuff happens. Uh, but I'm excited to talk to this gentleman uh, about his career, what he does, and how he impacts the Xbox, Xbox community with his words. Uh, and then if you haven't caught it last week we talked to paul tassie over uh, at forbes and i thought that was very enlightening paul gets a lot of flack sometimes even from me uh in the gaming space but i put him on the hot seat and i asked him some tough questions and i really enjoyed and appreciated that conversation uh, he was willing to take on those tough questions about ethics and rumors and such uh, but also you know enlighten us into his process his career uh, as a writer and so i hope you guys will check that out as well all right, guys, plenty of news from this past week. Let's take a look at some of the feel-good stories coming out of Microsoft. Forza Horizon 5 officially crossed the 10 million player mark in a huge, huge launch, uh, bigger than any other Xbox Game Studio launch to date. Uh, we uh, Playground, rather, I should say, uh, announced that they crossed 10 million mark. You can also see it on the in-game tracker number of players uh, and is doing absolutely bonker numbers and concurrent players over on Steam. Uh, really nice to see Forza getting the recognition that it deserved. A lot of the conversation was surrounding, uh, with Forza has been surrounding the Game Awards, Jeff Keighley's Game Awards specifically, which somehow has become the de facto, this is the Game Awards kind of thing, probably because of the spectacle and scale. Uh, but it didn't land any game of the year nominations uh, despite being the highest reviewed game on Metacritic uh, and having a 10 plus million player mark. Um, my quick words on that one is I think it's a little silly, but also I'm not really that worried about it. It shouldn't really matter if 10 million players plus are enjoying it. The developers can hang their hats on making an incredible game. I mean, it's getting tens all around the Metacritic stuff is Nice when it works, but there's a lot of problems with the way Metacritic operates. I, I, I just couldn't be happier for that team. And, and Forza Horizon 5 is an incredible, incredible game. I cannot say enough about just how wonderful that game, gaming experience is. And everybody should be checking out, whether you're a diehard car fan or it's Mario Kart and, and Hot Wheels games that you enjoy racing around in. There's something there for you. It's fantastic. Uh, and so I hope that people are really enjoying that. It seems like they are coming out in droves. 10 million players. That is wild. I can't remember uh, an exclusive coming from a Sony, Nintendo, or Microsoft that ever did that number in a week. Like that to me is just astounding. Uh, and you have to think that there are a lot of reasons for that number to exist, not just purchases. Uh, although it did, you know, like three, four, five million before the game was officially out. So people were either getting review copies, and of course, that's not very many. Uh, and then people were buying into that that early access, like expansion type pass stuff uh, to get to get that kind of week or, or weekend ahead of time. And it's just wild to think, but 10 million players, congrats to that team. Well-earned recognition that they seem to be getting all around the gaming industry. So happy for them. That game is just sublime. It is, it is sublime. And it, and it speaks to Microsoft's bigger... Um, bigger influence on what they're trying to do with their studios, which we're actually going to talk about. There were some great uh, 
takeaways from a recent Microsoft alumni talk in which Bonnie Ross kind of outlined Microsoft strategies. Uh, Jeff Grubb did a really good write-up on it. We'll talk about that in a few minutes, of course. Um, but back to this whole Game Awards thing, uh, Jez Corden put out an article that I thought was very interesting. I can't say I agreed or disagreed with a lot of it. Really, it just made me think. And I put out uh, something on Twitter saying as much, like I really like how it it, it has exposed uh, some goods, some bads, what the value of Game Awards are, the process, the the panels that are on the judges, how much uh, players like voice accounts for it. And I think it's worthy to have those conversations. I did not like the, the de-evolution of minds over on Twitter, which of course is prone to happen, in which they took an article that exposed frustration points and, and talking points, I think. Um, the article itself, Jez, Jez wrote, was very analytical and I enjoyed it greatly. But then the conversation on Twitter became uh, far more warish and, and, and console uh, warriors taking sides and trying to attack different people. And I thought that was very silly. Not the intended purpose, right? Game Awards are meant to acceler ex ex accelerate? celebrate people who are are developing and creating games and in many ways i think you can argue jeff Keighley's show doesn't do that uh but it certainly does do that in many other ways and i am very happy to see that the the conversation surrounding kind of that article and, and forza is at the very least getting people to put their eyes on forza and to play the game and create an opinion for themselves uh, i hope to see that number 10 million climb to 15 because so many people need to enjoy it whether you're playing on xbox one x cloud series s series x uh, it, it's just fantastic pc as well i mean it's really cool it's really cool and i'm i'm excited to talk about why that number is uh, as well Speaking of xCloud, it was announced that xCloud is now available via your Xbox One, Xbox One S, One X, and your Series S and X. Now, why would you want to play cloud-based games from your console? Well, there are a lot of reasons for this. Maybe you want to just try a game without having to wait for a download. Maybe you have a download cap and there's a minimum uh, it, with an with ISP in your area. You can't kind of get unlimited data. Maybe it's just a matter of not wanting to wait for a download and try it out. Game Pass is great for trying out games. And if, you, if you're not sure, you're on the fence, not only can you use Game Pass to try things out, making demos the way of the Dodo, but also just boot it up via xCloud. I think that's really cool. There's also the convenience factor, right? Like, why not? Why not just have the convenience factor of just booting in, playing a round or two, and moving on? There's also the benefit for Xbox One users in that they are going to get to play next-gen experiences or even PC-like experiences via xCloud in the same way that um, I think about my friend Matt, who I don't know if you still listen, Matt, but I hope you're doing well, buddy. Uh, Matt has an Xbox One, uh, One S, I want to say, and he was really excited for Microsoft Flight Simulator, but very disappointed when it wasn't coming to Xbox One consoles. Matt can now play that game without the pressure and the necessity of finding and purchasing a Series S or X. Money's tight, components are tight, those systems are hard to find. Uh, it's wild to think that Microsoft now has a way for you to play next-gen level games by way of xCloud on your older hardware. That's awesome. Uh, and then the other benefit of xCloud is like maybe you want to play Gears of War with your buddies a few times, but it's not a game you're going to frequent, not one you need to really download and move space around. Space is a premium on consoles right now so you know why worry about it just jump in play your few rounds via xcloud and move on latency is always going to be the name of the game when it comes to cloud gaming but i can tell you quite comfortably often when i guest on other shows uh if my attention is not demanded right at a camera i will 
play play Avengers or Halo Wars 2 or whatnot while we're podcasting in a very kind of comfortable slow mode. I'll play that on my tablet with a, an Xbox One controller just Bluetoothed to it. And it's a sublime experience. It's great. Nothing too demanding. I'm not playing a high competitive shooter, though I could. There is a There are definitely internet connections that can provide that. xCloud just seems to be the way of the future. And Microsoft's making it more available in more places uh, to keep their gamers engaged in their ecosystem. And that's a win. I don't know how we could argue that that's a bad thing. I was really, really pleased uh, to find that it was being received well and that it's now available on consoles. It's really neat if you just go to the store, find your game. It has a console or a cloud icon, and then it just boots you into xCloud the same way that you would from your Game Pass app on your your mobile devices. So that's really cool. I hope you guys are, are checking that out. Uh, and seeing if maybe it's for you, if it's something that you uh, are, are down with and wanting to check out. This is another chapter of this is another chapter of Xbox gaming, you know, alongside the Ethernet port on the original Xbox, the hard drive on the original Xbox, uh, the boosts and and the improvements to the the 360 with Connect on Xbox One, uh, for better or worse, I should say. XCloud is the next step in iteration in gaming, and so I think it's really cool to see content delivery making its way, and it certainly has to have contributed to the success of Forza's launch and the Halo Infinite multiplayer launch, which took place this past week in an expected but still surprise launch during the Xbox 20th anniversary special. The very last thing, the one more thing, as it were, was that Halo Infinite multiplayer launched that day which is super cool, super exciting. Uh, the beta title is still on it, and players have jumped in in droves. It's one of the most played games on Steam. They have not released official numbers, but they're estimated to be uh, climbing the million numbers pretty darn quickly as far as how many people are logging in and playing it. My friends list from the most casual to the most serious has people trying out and playing Halo Infinite in droves. Huge amounts of positive feedback on this one. And uh, Nick Johnson wrote in, he said, what is your take on the Halo Infinite multiplayer since launch? Were you happy with the launch? Uh, Nick, great question. I've absolutely been happy with the launch. Uh, the gameplay is sublime. It is as clean in Halo as Forza is in driving, and it is just absolutely wonderful to see it getting so much praise in the gameplay side. Uh, pro tip to my lore buffs, play the Academy training mode. There's some good campaign re relationship stuff there. Uh, Nick, I've always been more of a Halo story than multiplayer, though I absolutely play a ton of multiplayer. I'm not hyper competitive in it, but since the launch a little over a week ago, I've got over 24 hours in the game, as do many of my friends. And for so many people to have this, I mean, the numbers are staggering. I, I heard an internal number that is just mind boggling, and I bet you they wait till December 8th to, to share that when the official game does launch. But getting this multiplayer out ahead of the Thanksgiving holiday free to play for so many people to jump in and experience and seeing so many people gravitate towards it and it being so positive, really positively received in the gaming space across multiple mediums is fantastic. To the same effect, many of those diehard players, including me, have been able to expose some of the problems with what they're trying to do over at 343 regarding player progression, battle pass progression specifically. Now, those battle passes are a talking point and deservedly so because there's a lot of really good stuff they're doing. The idea that you can have a battle pass and it never expire and you can just bounce between different battle passes is fantastic. Moreover, they're doing multiple events from this, this uh, samurai event to the winter contingency. And there's one more, which name escapes me. They're going to be doing multiple events that drop in week increments throughout the course of season one. 
the problem with season one right now is that they've extended it to be a six month season. And that's really frustrating and concerning when you have a, a battle pass that is difficult to progress like it is. And Mike, and I should say three, four, three has already addressed this. Uh, 343 has come out and said, hey, we are aware, we hear your concerns. And most recently they said, we are hearing all of your feedback loud and clear. We are going to change it to make it more player friendly for, the, for those of you that are asking for it. They've even done some of those fixes internally, adding a day, uh, a win one match, uh, X or no, play one match, uh, you get XP every single time you play it. And the dailies are a bit more friendly than they were. So it's not as difficult to, to gain XP as, than it was. It's not challenge based for those of you who are wondering. Um, They've already fixed a lot of that, but they said that they want the team to enjoy a much-deserved holiday break before the final push before launch. I think that's deserved and fair because if people are putting in 24-plus hours, uh, we're the diehards, right? Like, we are the ones that can give quick feedback like that, but not everybody plays in that amount and with that intensity. So for us to be complaining at 24-plus hours, like, we're also consuming the game at a, at a blistering rate. Um, that said, they do need to address it, and they are, and I love that they say they're hearing feedback hearing feedback and, and making changes are two different things. They've already made some changes, which is very encouraging. They've got more to come, but I'm all in favor of them enjoying a good Thanksgiving break. They pushed a lot to get this game out. Uh, even after the year delay and the gameplay as good as it is, it's hard to complain about that. Now back to my original point about this six month first season, that is way too long, way too long. And I'm fearful that players will bounce off of it. It is concerning because everything we've experienced with that game is now elite tier it's top tier gameplay wise all the campaign impressions are fantastic the multiplayer stuff is fantastic this doesn't seem to be an issue of gameplay but it seems like what they did is they came in and they triaged what they needed to get done and get ready for a good launch so that you get a good gameplay experience and features are going to be released later six months though for one battle pass is too long no matter how many events you've got going on uh i'm fearful that people will bounce off and when you have Internal studios with great battle passes, think about Sea of Thieves, think about Master Chief Collection, you even got the Gears of War if you're unfamiliar, that has a really good, well-responded uh, player progression pass system. Uh, those are three very good examples of how to do things from their own studios. And then you can look at other battle pass, pass progression systems like mm, Fortnite, which, which you can say what you want about that game, but the game's progression is never, uh, is never truly dampened, like you always feel like you're being rewarded for your time in that game. It's wild to think 343 missed on this spot. And they know they missed. They missed and they missed far. Um, it seems like they were trying to do something special with this challenge-based progression. Uh, and it just didn't hit the mark. And it feels uh, a bit odd that they would miss the mark on that. But I'm encouraged by their response to it and saying, all right, we're going to fix it. They've already done some stuff. Um, but still, six months is too long. I think it's because they're trying to get other features into the game while honoring that first that first season's uh, promise of by the end of the first season, we're going to get co-op out. And after that, we'll get forge out. That's still too much. May is far too far away. Um, but you know, there's an argument to be made. Well, the game's still fun. Do you need to progress? And there is a decent argument there. I feel like they need to reward the player for their time at all times, regardless of how quickly they consume. And so they need to make some uh, adjustments for sure, but still season one, six months is too long. Uh, caveat, there's no challenger in that space. Warzone is tired and it's got its player base and it's certainly not going anywhere, uh, but it doesn't seem to be doing anything fresh. Call of Duty Vanguard certainly is dead on arrival as is Battlefield 2042. Uh, shout out to them, man. Whew, that, that poor team. EA put them in an awful position as did Activision with Call of Duty's team. Um, and then, you know, Fortnite's not going anywhere, but not growing. 
Uh, Apex seems pretty stagnant. They don't seem Halo doesn't seem to have any big competition in this shooter space for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I've been very pleased with the launch. Go back to Nick's original question. Very pleased with the launch. A lot of issues exposed, but not in a bad way. Nothing game breaking. The game is very playable. Servers are stable. We're playing with people across xCloud, PC, Xbox One, and the series consoles. And it's great. The game looks great. It plays great. There are clips galore all out there. Um, they need they need some playlist management there. They definitely know they need to, to adjust some stuff. And they need to do it before the game officially launches on December 8th. They need to do it before the holiday push. But Infinite being free to play was a huge, huge win. And again, that goes back to what Bonnie Ross said. And I'll, I'll share that in just a minute uh, as well, because it's a great talking point. It's a great talking point. Uh, amidst the rest of that Xbox 20th anniversary celebration, several other things were announced, including an Xbox documentary that is making uh, its way out, I want to say, on December 13th. They're putting uh, uh, the December 13th, the story of Xbox out there. And I'm really excited to see that. I watched a few days ago on the Microsoft Alumni Network. There was this this uh, Making Xbox documentary with uh, Bonnie Ross. And it was hosted by Reggie fils And they had Ed Freeze and several other voices of, from the original Xbox team. No Phil Spencer, which I thought was good. Because uh, it was really allowed them to reflect. Peter Moore was there. And just hearing them talk for an hour and banter with one another about, you know, the different things they're doing now and Reggie joking about the DS and the sales numbers of different things. Uh, it was a cool camaraderie reflection piece and a good time to look back on just where they were planning on going. And so I was re I really enjoyed that. Check that out. Uh, and it really whet my appetite for what this new documentary is going to have on December 13th. It's really just feel good stories for Xbox uh, right now, uh, for sure. And so that that has been a really cool thing. And you have to think like since August, uh, we have seen so many feel good Xbox stories. I mean, they released psychonauts two and death loop, which, uh, one exclusive for a timed thing, but they honored an agreement there. Psychonauts two and death loop were both game of the year nominees Forza horizon five with, with masterpieces and highest rated Metacritic game of all time. Uh, incredible. Halo infinite's multiplayer. I mean, they're really firing on all cylinders and it's hard to believe that, uh, we're getting such a good vibe of releases now. We've had months of good Game Pass stuff, and this just seems to be like an incredibly positive way to end 2021 for Microsoft. So cheers to that. I'm looking forward to the official launch of Halo. I'm so excited for that campaign. Uh, man, man, I'm jealous of all the, the content creators that are getting to play it early, uh, for sure. My goal with XEP is to one day kind of truly get noticed by Xbox and kind of land into that kind of a program. That's a, a cool, like it's been two years of, of XEP and I wouldn't have it any other way. And I, I'm enjoying the grind and seeing several people who are deserved of that, that's that joy that, you know, I'm working towards has been awesome. I'm thinking about people at season gaming. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of things from the trophy room that are really exciting. I'm seeing Sean Capri at the Xbox drive, get a lot of praise and more, uh, which is really cool. Assemble XP, rocking it, court and Matt over there. Um, it's cool seeing my friends compete, in, uh, or rather my friends succeed, and I'm hoping to kind of work towards that uh, goal with them as well. What is the Xbox expansion pass? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, hello. Greetings. I am 343 Guilty Spark, monitor of installation 04. Greetings to all of you Reclaimers, here on Xbox Expansion Pass. <laughs> Xbox Expansion. 
let's continue with more Xbox good news because it just keeps coming for sure. Goodness gracious. During that same alumni conversation I referenced earlier, Bonnie Ross went out to detail just why Xbox is as successful as it is now uh, in, in ways that it hasn't been in years past and reveals kind of the three pillars of what Xbox is doing to truly kind of pave way for the future and regain gamer trust. Uh, I'll also give a shout out to VentureBeast, Jeff Grubb, who did a really good write-up on this. He listened to the same thing we listened to, um, and he just did a wonderful write-up on it, and I think it's well worth uh, you going to check out his article also. Um, the biggest thing and the first big pillar that Microsoft has that Bonnie Ross outlined was that Xbox is trying to reach players where they are, and they're not taking half measures to do so. They're making themselves available in multiple places that they haven't been before. They do this via xCloud. They do this via uh, backward compatibility and allowing themselves to launch uh, games kind of cross-gen at the moment. And they do this by way of allowing the games to not be uh, dictated to, to include certain types of features, meeting gamers where they are at console space, PC space, cloud space, wherever it is. Uh, and not only that, they're allowing different games to adapt to certain models. Think about the plunder pass and sea of thieves that now rewards those regular sea of thieves players and gives new players something to do. Think about halo infinite with halo infinite. They decided to make the campaign standard and approachable via, you know, you purchase the game or have it be a xbox game pass but also because the multiplayer would have benefited from being free to play the game is free to play because that's what's right and going to meet players where they're at across multiple devices with no barrier to entry no game pass subscription needed it was best for that game that's really cool like that idea of meeting players where they're at is awesome in that same space they've been working with uh meeting players where they're at physically emotionally capably they have the accessibility standards that they are now uh, adhering to, not just the development of the accessibility controller, not just a PR push, but finding menu narrations, finding ways for their, their in-game representation to match what players need physically, making sure avatars are adjusting to uh, the physical parameters of, of what the players may want to look like or feel like, look like, uh, be. Uh, abilities and disabilities alike. I really appreciate that. Reaching players where they are. Uh, and then that includes difficulty modes, right? Adjusting things. You look at Forza Horizon's uh, accessibility options. There, There's a mode in there that slows the game down, but it keeps all the physics intact. That's wonderful. If you can't react quickly to things, but you can still play the game, that is just a, a joy. It brings happiness to my heart. So reaching, reaching players where they're at in availability, in time, in mantra, I think that's fantastic. The other thing she referenced, kind of that second pillar, is investing in variety. And I'll read you a quick quote from uh, what she said, and then I'll go to expand on it. She says, quote, when you think about Halo and then other games in our portfolio, it's about making sure that you have a diverse world, a diverse set of characters, and we've done a lot of acquisitions of studios. I think we have 23, which is really to try and have content for everyone, end quote. And that's true. Microsoft has invested into having a variety of of games and game types and game creators to meet players uh hopes of what they want to try out new games for people trying different things at different times that is a brilliant set and when you have 23 studios now with multiple teams each you're going to get your grounded's alongside your avowed's from obsidian avowed and grounded could not be more different and yet those experiences are available on xbox you're going to be getting fable from P playground games who released Forza Horizon 5, you know, they're great at world creating. 
what's that game going to look like? What's it going to be? You've got the Sea of Thieves team over at Rare that is just but it's actually multiple teams working to produce content regularly in a live service game. And then separately they have this weird project Everwild, which we have no idea what it really is, but that's about meeting variety and showing people think about Redfall, that game I never would have expected. And it's so exciting. And it's nice to see that Xbox is expanding beyond the bro shooter gears, halo uh, and the racer Forza. Those are great pillars within Xbox, but not, the only pillars any longer. And I think that's really cool. Indiana Jones, you've got the next Elder Scrolls and so many more. There's a lot to look forward to. The last pillar that she referenced in this talk was about investing in quality and making sure that games have the time they need to succeed and the resources to do it. Psychonauts 2 needed resources and Microsoft funded it even though it would be available on other platforms. Deathloop, a game that has a timed exclusivity deal they pushed the resources and allowed both of those games to be game of the year contenders, despite not being prominently available on Xbox with Deathloop, uh, at least for a year, and then Psychonauts being on multiple platforms. That's cool. They gave Halo Infinite the time they needed. They're giving these teams the time they need to create games. And I think that's a really good long-term strategy for winning. Uh, not winning in terms of like the sales numbers of the console gen. That, not that. That's silly. But I mean the, the winning for gamers, right? Like that's not going to hurt gamers at all. We're going to have better games and more available games uh, from more dif- more creators and more studios and more places to play. That's awesome. And if they're of quality, that means developers will want to work with people that allow them resources and time to make the experiences they want to make. In the most recent awfulness of Activision and Bobby Kotick, we've seen there are a lot of studio cultures out there that are very negative and very hostile for a lot of the actual people making our games while executive rakes in raking millions of dollars bobby kodak and his awful cabinet of human beings are good examples of this but you can also look at andy over at ea i can't remember his last name i feel awful um but the the ea executives that combined make 80 million dollars a year how many jobs is that how many people could have worked on battlefield and helped out there uh, but instead they're pushing and publishing and making these games quickly and it's just it's frustrating to see that happening And then you have people like Jim Ryan over at PlayStation and then more specifically to this uh, Xbox show, you have Phil Spencer coming out and supporting, uh, or rather I should say stating that they're going to be evaluating their relationships with Activision going forward. And that puts a huge amount of pressure on Bobby Kotick and his team because investors will look at that and see that. The next step is removing things from promotional uh, elements, not promoting Call of Duty Vanguard on the the dashboards, not tweeting things, not sending them out to their different media partners. And the next step after that is removal from stores. And you have to think all of the employees within PlayStation and Microsoft, and I believe Nintendo has now made a statement as well. But if they're seeing that from their CEOs and their big companies and what they're willing to do, that suggests that within their own companies, they have a lot of good uh, culture between them and that's positive and supportive. And if they want it to be a healthy and safe place to work, we see a lot of outward examples of this with Microsoft that I've talked many times about women in gaming, blacks in gaming, uh, the Latinx uh, in gaming thing. And I still don't like the, the naming conventions that it makes me feel uncomfortable to say, but, but the, the vibe and the spirits behind those programs are fantastic. And I love that if they've got those things out there and their CEO is supporting uh, the, the victims and the people that are suffering and other studios trying to 
uh, make gaming a more, more safe space, then that increases the the morale of people making games within this space. And it invites others to try and join this space as well. That's a good thing. That is important and necessary for positive culture. And to go back to Bonnie Ross's statement about variety, that means more people of different, uh, not not caliber, uh, people people of different, goodness gracious, creative minds from around the world, right? Like from places you wouldn't hear, from from cultures you wouldn't necessarily see in the prominent space. It would look and be more diverse, which means more diverse experiences. I'm stumbling on my wording here, and I apologize for that, but I hope you understand my intention, like what I'm trying to say. And if not, and I need to clarify, do let me know, because I want to make sure I do that right and proper. Um, Let's briefly just kind of touch on this Activision thing. It's awful, and it's terrible, and Bobby Kotick needs to go, of course, but that is a symbolic gesture in exiting him. He and many of the people that he has allowed to exist within his company uh, have got to go. And I'm really proud of the many people that are taking stands against Activision. I told you guys that when this all started, or not when it started, when I heard more about it and it was beginning to get exposed that I wouldn't be reviewing or exposing or rather or, or uh, giving them airtime as far as Call of Duty Vanguard. And that sucks because there are some good people that made that game. But it's true. I've not bought an Activision game and won't uh, for some time until things get better. And that that is anyone's choice to do or not do. Uh, in whatever ways you feel like you need to support. But I just, I'm so frustrated by the antics over at Activision that I really hope the good people that are there, and there are many of them, are able to see change uh, for the better, for sure. Sega came out and addressed its exclusivity discussions with Microsoft. A lot of people had questions after it was announced that they would be entering into a partnership uh, in order to help the Azure cloud tech be more available for Sega as they worked over the next five years to create a super game. Well, many people wondered if this meant that the super game would be Xbox exclusive, and Sega has come out to clarify that it does not mean that, that they have a very close business relationship with Microsoft, and they've outsourced development to a number of large-scale titles and, and third parties in order to bring a lot of their games to bear. Uh, but they also believe that... Uh, the game needs to to go to a lot of places and they know that Microsoft's Azure servers can help them do that. So it seemed like it was more of an infrastructure thing, similar to the way that Sony, not PlayStation, but Sony uses Azure cloud tech. Microsoft servers are just elite. And and that is not an Xbox thing. That is not a fanboy or, or console warrior thing. Nobody should be hanging their heads on that as you know, why Xbox is or isn't this, that, or the other. This is a business deal between Sega and Microsoft that is going to allow Sega to prosper in the years to come the same way that Sony has. And you want that. You want more players in the gaming space. Uh, The idea of it, Sega being exclusive, I can totally see, but I don't think it would come by way of this type of a a relationship. So it was nice to see Sega come out and clarify that. Uh, I don't really like the idea of a lot of Sega's characters or titles being exclusive i don't like when some of those bigger things get taken away from different player bases that said we've also seen some of the sega stuff not come to xbox so it's a bit of a a mixed bag there but yeah nothing really to see here it's just a deal as far as uh, business concerns go infrastructure all right let's see let's take a few listener questions and then get out of here my voice is starting to go as it is uh, Keith L mentioned, he said, what was one moment that you booted up a game and lost yourself for hours into mine was dying light. I went and bought it for PS4. This game was day and date for 20 hours straight because I love killing zombies and collecting sweet, sweet loot. I feel like I read this one already. 
Um, Keith, my answer would be Metal Gear Solid, God of War 2018, or Halo Reach. The countless number of hours I have lost to that game or to those games is just wild. I've done that to many, many more. I most recently Control. I just played and played and played through Control Ultimate Edition on Series X, and it was just sublime. But yeah, man, those those games were were very special to me. Let's see. Artur Gaming says, if you were head of Xbox, what would your three goals or targets be for 2022? Um, for me, it's a matter of getting more games out there. Uh, we to, to address a Todd Oxter question, he's asking me about when we're going to find out more about the 2022 lineup for Xbox, because right now we only know about Starfield uh, as well. Um, I think 2022 is going to be a year of sustained growth. We'll see more from Redfall. We'll see more from Starfield, probably one other big exclusive. I don't know what it is. I'm either blanking or I don't know at the moment. Um, but yeah, one one exclusive per quarter, Artur, uh, is, is the regular goal. And I think you might even see a streaming stick idea come from the future. Possibly. Possibly. Uh, Todd Oxtra also asked, will the Game Awards be a big stage for future Xbox releases, especially with Halo already launched by that point? Uh, Todd, I think you do see a big announcement at the Game Awards. I've heard rumors and rumblings of it. Who knows if that's real? Because um, I, I go, I often say I am not an insider. I, I mean, I hear the dumb rumors that many people do. Um, but I would think that that you see one big exclusive for Xbox. They need to showcase something. Maybe it's something that we've already heard about, like Avowed or whatnot. Um, but they need to show something. Starfield is the easy candidate, though I doubt Todd, Todd uh, Howard is ready to share and talk about that too much. But yeah. I think that's kind of the case there. All right. I'm trying to rock and roll here. There's so many questions. You guys are amazing. You wrote in so many different things. Um, Shame, Famous Seamus says, what was your favorite moment or announcement from the Xbox 20th anniversary live stream? Uh, Famous Seamus, it was really cool to see the, the the Halo Infinite stuff go live. I love the idea of a documentary. I'm really stoked to see that as well. And then, guys, since uh, backward compatibility was announced, uh, to be ending, they did announce or they did showcase seventy new titles from for, from Fear. All the Fear series is available. Max Payne and a bunch of others. Really cool there. Uh, I'm very pleased, very pleased with that whole live stream. I loved a lot of the good vibes that we got. Nothing too crazy in it, save for the Infinite launch, which was unfortunately leaked multiple times prior to. Um, yeah, I, I thought that was awesome. It was the the seeing the documentary that's coming and the the goods, the bads are going to be covered in that. Uh, plus that that multiplayer reveal Seamus it looks awesome also hey shout out guys if you haven't gone to museum.xbox.com you can go through a bunch of xbox history including your personal history uh and it will gather your achievements of old hours played in different games all the data they've collected you can really take a journey through your own gaming experience uh, via xbox it's well worth doing museum.xbox.com i totally dig it i i absolutely loved it i thought that was such a blast to kind of walk my avatar through and see different things. I got to go back to Halo 4 is one of my most played games. Halo Wars 2 is my most played game. Started uh, Xbox on Gears of War in 2007. My, my, my goofy story of selling plasma to get it. Anyway, it was crazy. Uh, let's see. Hypecaster, he asked birthday-related questions, as did Court Lalonde. Hypecaster says, How is gaming different for you 10 years ago when you were much, 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 much younger? Um, and a bunch of people jumped in on that one, which was cool. I gaming ten years ago, I was very, very strapped for cash. I had very little money. Ten years ago, let's see, that was two thousand eleven. I was I was working at GameStop and uh, working as a journalist for soccer. I had very little money. I was living with my best friend Kev probably at the time. Maybe maybe that was twenty thirteen. Maybe two thousand eleven. I was exiting teaching. 
but I had very little money. I was hungry all the time and I was playing on a 360. That's right, 2011, playing on a 360. Um, and I was playing too much. I was playing to avoid real world problems uh, for sure. But my gaming habits themselves are just healthier now. I have more disposable income. I have more time management, so I'm playing at a more healthy rate. I'm not staying up as late to play games at the sacrifice of my job, which is what I was doing 10 years ago. And now my, my gaming time is more appropriately spread out to not damage my mental health as much. And I do take breaks, of course. But yeah, yeah, gaming is way better for me now than it ever has been, for sure. And it's not just a disposable income thing, though that certainly does play a factor in it. Um, Court Lalonde says, did you get any Xbox related goodies for your birthday? Well, Court, I got the Elite 2, Master Chief Elite 2, which I absolutely love. That wasn't really a birthday present because my wife and I just were supportive of whatever our habits are. Um, I got a new gaming chair from Secret Labs, which has a Batman logo on it. I love that. Uh, it's very, very, very comfortable. Secret Labs is where it's at. And any other? Oh, uh, in Xbox Fan Fest, uh, hosted by Malik Prince and Kelly Lombardi, I made it to the very last round, no, second to last round of trivia. There were 2,500 people. I made it to the top 100, and I got $85 to the Xbox gear shop, and I bought a sweet new Xbox backpack with that. So uh, that's really cool. That's really, really dope. All right, guys, I've babbled enough. It's been a great episode. Thanks for letting me release it a little bit late. Thanks for tagging along for the ride. Uh, if you have not ever left a review over on iTunes or subscribed over on YouTube and, and dropped a thumbs up on the episodes, that means the world to me. And I would absolutely love it if you'd be willing to do that. Um, it is so cool seeing some of my friends be successful and the little stuff like the the likes and the shares and the, the ratings, that helps me be successful. All right, and I really appreciate you guys sharing it with other people. And most importantly, thank you for listening. If you celebrate it, have a happy and safe Thanksgiving. If you don't, then I hope work goes well for you this week. Whatever it is, I hope you're gaming and enjoying your, your time with your family, whatever it is that makes you happy. Cheers to all of you. Take care.